Welcome to I Pray This Helps. This is officially episode 14, I believe. You know where I am right now. Um, I'm working on some things with my um, microphone and um, my setup and all of that type of stuff. But um, I found that being in my vehicle is the best place to be right now. (laughs) And um, it's so funny because... I would say that oftentimes, and I know it's the same for a lot of people as well, that the car can be your sanctuary. So it is fitting, it is befitting that I that I am in my car and I'm I am um, sharing the word of God and reading the word of God with you all um, and for you all and to you all in in my car. So. Um, it's not new hat that I would be in here thinking about the Lord and um, proclaiming the word of God. Um, man, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week in regards to, in re, you know, just in regards to what we're doing here and um, how we are attempting to share the gospel and and proclaim truth and things of that nature and of course the enemy is not fond of that um so i just would like to remind you all to continue to lift me up in prayer as i figure out what is a distraction you know as the lord guides me on what is a distraction and what is something that i really do need to attack and things of that nature some people they just want to um 
converse for conversation's sake and want to argue just for argue argument's sake and I don't need to be expending energy like that I need to um be on guard I need to you know all of those things I need I need to be on guard I need to be attentive so on and so forth but you know it's I can get into this mode of you know, just trying to win and trying to win for God instead of letting God be God. Um, that is not to say that we are not supposed to be um, um, combating people with truth. That is not to say that um, um, there was someone earlier this week. You know, I just you know I posted some screenshots and stuff, just like I do. You know, just just for anyone else that's that's potentially thinking like that, like. Like, you know, thinking like thinking, OK, the Christian faith isn't real or, or it's not true. And they're just dumb Christians that just believe a fairy tale, you know. And so that's why I do it just to let people know. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're out here and um, we've got way more factual information and we've got way more stuff to support our claims than you do to expunge them and you know just do away with them you know what I mean like so that's why I do it you know what I mean for anyone that's doubting in their faith anyone that has faith and is like man but this it just seems like there's so much stuff against us and so much stuff going against what I believe um it's actually not true um the word is true and what it says like creation moans and, and it groans and and lying and wait for him to return is so true so creation is going to speak to him and speak to, um, you know, the Lord being who he says he is because it's his creation. Um, so, yes, please keep me in prayer. And yeah. So um, let me back up. Yeah. So I said that to say someone they told me um, and it sounded like good advice. You know, what I mean, I guess to someone that wouldn't be in that position, it would sound like good advice, like. Keith, don't worry about them. Um, you don't have to defend this. Da, 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 da. You you just keep doing you, but you don't have to do that. And I was like, fam, this is this is my calling. This is who I am. And this is, you know, this is my purpose. You know, I, I said everything short of get thee behind me. You know what I mean? I, I gave them a... A short answer of, I just said, excuse you. I'm walking in my purpose. You know, they're like, well, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm, but I'm like, fam, someone's got to do it. And if everyone's telling everyone not to do it, then no one's going to do it. But you're not going to tell me not to walk in my purpose. The Bible talks about it in First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, about... Um, being ready to give a defense for your faith. Like, if this is something that you truly believe in, you just shouldn't believe in it with no basis. Why do you believe it? I'll say this. I'll say this, though, with all the with all of the evidence giving that I've been giving on, you know, via my uh, direct messages and, and on my Instagram and things of that nature. Um, with all even with all of that, I would say that. The number one evidence that Christianity is real, that Jesus is real, is the fact that that you've been impacted by it. 
that your life is being changed continually by it and that your life has been changed by it. That is the number one evidence. Your testimony is the number one evidence. It is the most powerful um, form of evidence that you can have. Okay, so all of that, all of the stuff that I've been saying and all of the stuff that you'll see me talk about and, you know, all of the apologetics and things of that nature, that is just it's all great stuff. But it's just confirmation of what God has done, not just for you, but for all of those who believe. Okay, so we don't have a dumb faith. We don't have a faith that's a fairy tale. We have something that is very real. And you know it to be so because you're not the only one that experiences it. Okay? So I just want to say, um, be encouraged by that. Um, this week, this week we'll be getting into as much as we possibly can tonight. Um, like I said, you know, as, as you strive to do this and you've set out to do this, and, you know, to say, like, look, I'm going to proclaim the word of God no matter what. There's just going to be stuff that gets in your way. There's going to be life things. It's going to be friend things. It's going to be um, responsibilities and all of that type of stuff. Um, tiredness. You're going to be tired, all of that type of stuff. But it is what it is. My, I give my utmost for his highest, you know. And so for as 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 much as we can today without me getting tired and um not doing not doing you guys justice by you guys listening to this podcast and like dang he didn't give us the bang for our buck he all tired every time we do this podcast we'll just we'll see how far we get tonight okay with as much enthusiasm as i can um yeah uh, I would say, like, if I had, I would say, like, let's go to a quick commercial or whatever. But we don't have that luxury tonight. So, yeah, let's just get straight into it. You know, we're going to roll like how we did last week. Um, you know, we're going to roll with the flubs. We're going to roll with, you know, the excess noise and the outside noise and the cars whizzing by and all of that. You know, my battery's dying and all of that, you know. But to God be the glory, you know. All right. Um, real quick, want to get into something. I guess we'll, we'll, we can do a, a once over and then we'll do like a second coat next week. OK, so, you know, we'll dive even in deeper depth into uh, John chapter three, verse one through twenty one, I believe is what we'll do. Um but before we get into that, got to talk to you guys real quick about um, the idea or the or the doctrine of total depravity, total depravity. So what I want to say about total depravity is that total depravity is what we were talking about when we were reading. Um, I think it was the first week where we were talking about the creation and, and things of that nature. And when Adam and Eve, they ate of the fruit and they shouldn't have. And, and it, and, and it damned the rest of us. Um, the Adam and Eve are our father and mother, you know, for humankind and mankind and all of that. They, they brought, they helped usher sin into the world. They brought sin into the world. We are now because of them, 
you know, because of their genes, because of their nature, we are sinful creatures. We are utterly sinful, totally sinful. There is no good that lives within us outside of Jesus, outside of the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Might be a really hard pill to swallow. Some of you have come to grips with that. I would say this. Um, I would say this. You cannot. You cannot. Like, well, let, let me back up. People don't. People don't accept Jesus. Be, unless they feel as though. Well, let me let me say this. Let me say it like this. The word says for. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's what God wants. God wants you to come to the point, get to the point where you realize that, yo, I need him. He's not an accessory. He's not something that I'll take. He's not something that I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, let me I'll get that out. Let me get this out of life. Let me get that out of life. And yeah, let me get some let me get some of God. God wants all of you and he needs to have all of you because of our sinful nature. Because of our sinful nature, total depravity. What does that mean, Keith? It means that we are wicked. We are sinful beyond belief. And that is a very hard pill for people to swallow. It is a very hard pill for people to come to grips with the fact that there in them lives no good. We're like, well, I do good deeds. OK, yes, you do good deeds. But why do you do good deeds? You do good deeds outside of Christ. You do good deeds because you want to feel good about yourself. You do good deeds so that people can say, look, look at that person. They're a good person. They did a good deed. You do good deeds to cover up the fact that you feel guilty. None of these things are, are good reasons to do good deeds. Outside of or you do it because it's the right thing to do, which falls under the umbrella of feeling guilty. If I don't do this and I'm going to feel guilty about this because it's the right thing to do. All right. Well, th that just says that God is real. That's that's what that's all that says. But it says nothing. It says nothing to the fact of or to the idea, because it's not a fact that you're good in any type of way. We are not good. We are not good. And everybody, you know, there's a lot of people that will be like, yeah, you know, we've all got good inside of us or we're all I'm a good person. No, you are not. You are not a good person. <laughs> Don't believe me. You think this is just Keith talking? You think this is Keith just being dogmatic? And it, it, it very well might be me being dogmatic, but it's not just that. Let's read. I did do this and I, I did prepare for this total depravity talk because I know that it's hard. I know that it's hard for some of you, for some of you, you know, so you don't let me say this. You don't grow into total depravity. You don't you're not like a baby and then you're not a baby and then you get older and then you just start sinning. You I told you all before sin is not sin is not an act. Sinfulness is not an act. It's a condition. It is our nature to sin. It is our nature. 
and our very nature is offensive to God. Please stay with me. I'm, I really am going somewhere. Total depravity. What is total depravity? We just talked about it. It is utter wickedness. Wickedness. Like pure wickedness is what is what we have. No good lives inside of us. Not in, in and of ourselves. No, it does not. Are there any exceptions to this? No, there's not. Let's read. So it's not like if you're listening to this, it's like, well, no, I'm not. I'm not totally deprived. It's like, you know, even that. Yes, you are. See, right. Even there. Let's read the, the scriptures will will speak for themselves. Psalm 143, verse two. Enter not into judgment with your servant, with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. You being God. Romans 3, verse 23. And if I read all of Romans 3, if I read the beginning of Romans 3, you probably turn this podcast off. I probably should. Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So you hear that in the black community all the time. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You don't even go to church, you hear that. We, we If you've sinned, if you've sinned, then you are totally deprived. Total depravity. Total depravity. There's more. Micah chapter 7, verse 2 through 4. The godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Their hands are on what is evil, to do it well. They want to do evil well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his souls. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright of them a thorn hedge. Like So even the best one of you is terrible. Us, I would say. Total depravity. Romans chapter 3, verse 9 through 12. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. So it says, as it was written, it was written in Psalm 14, 1 through 3, and Psalm 53, 1 through 3. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. See, that's that's even another thing. You'll you'll hear a lot of people or you'll hear um, some Christians say, um, yeah, I found God. No, you did not. You weren't looking for him. He found you. He found you. We weren't looking for God. We might have been looking for what we thought. We might have been looking for what we thought we wanted. And then found all of those things in Jesus and found all of those things in God. Yes. But in our search for what would fulfill us. We weren't looking for him. 
He was looking for us and he found us. So we say, thank you, Lord, for finding us. We say, thank you, Lord, for finding us. Say, thank you, Lord. We weren't looking for him. First John, verse one through eight, verse one, uh, sorry. First John one, verse eight and 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Mark 10 verse 18 and, you know, um, the comparing um, scripture would be Luke 18 and 19, Luke 18, 19. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Well, we know in our in our um, teaching right now, we know we've we've come to this conclusion that Jesus is God. So Jesus is saying to whoever, to whomever he was speaking to at the time, they were saying you are good. And he was like, wait a minute. Why are you calling me good? Only God is good. Helping them draw to draw the conclusion. Yeah, I'm God. This is me. You're right. I am good because I am God. But peep it. Peep it. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Let's pray. Father God, we need you. I need you deeply. We need you deeply. Um, it is. It has been said that we all come to the cross equally sinful. And we all get up from the cross equally saved. There is no one greater. There is no big I or little use in the kingdom of God. We ask you right now to um, use me as I um, as I share your word and as I expound, not expound on your word, but unpack your word. I don't want to expound. I, I, I don't want to. Um, well, yeah, it's fine to expound, but I don't want to add to your word. It is perfect the way that it is. Contrary to what people believe, they say that the word is fallible and that is errant. We as believers believe in an inerrant word that it is God breathed that what made it into this into these into this 66 books into the canon to the canonicity of the Bible is what should be there. As believers, that is what we believe. We don't trust in man, but we trust in you. So we ask you, Lord, to, again, come up off of these pages and show us who you are. We love you and we glorify you. And we are planning to have a great time in your word. In Jesus name. Amen. So I'm getting ready to read. Um, I'm going to attempt to read. Well, I'm not going to attempt to read. I don't know how to read. Um, but we're going to attempt to get through. We'll see how far we get in John chapter 3. I definitely want to get to 16. That's what everybody's been raving about. Like I told I told everybody, here we go. We, we about to get into John 3. John 3, 16. And a lot of claps, a lot of applause, a lot of 100s coming my way. 
But um, you know, some things that we need to understand in order to understand the saving grace is it hasn't come easy. It wasn't easy. It cost him. It will cost you nothing. It will cost your say to be saved. It costs you nothing. But it costs because it cost him everything. But we're getting ahead of ourselves in a way. Um, John chapter three, verse one reads one through wherever we're going to stop it. <laughs> I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you have a new world translation Bible and you're reading from that, please throw it out. <laughs> nah, but for real, throw it out. <laughs> that is not, you're not doing that. I implore you, throw it out and listen to what I'm reading. All right, let me let me get serious. Okay, um, well, I am serious, but let's tighten up. Um, John chapter three. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, capital S, is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from. And where it is going. And so is everyone who is born of the spirit. This is dope. I didn't get that until now. That's good. Thank you, Lord. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, mad red from here on out. Mad red letters. <laughs> Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. So that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Verse 15, we'll read it again. So that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. 
He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. So, Keith, why did we talk about total depravity before we read this? Because you must be born again. And that is why you must be born again. That is why you must be born again. You cannot come to God. You cannot come to like because everybody wants to go to heaven or their own version of heaven, whatever it, it may, whatever it may be. But you have to like God does not accept flesh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. In any other case, I would say I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. But like, I really am sorry that that I really am sorry that there aren't like that. Your your goodness or lack thereof won't get you into heaven. I am sorry that you know your 100 good deeds won't get you into heaven. I really am sorry that knocking on doors, going from door to door won't get you into heaven. I really am sorry that feeding the homeless won't get you into heaven. I really am sorry that um taking care of your kids and paying your bills on time and um you know going to church every Sunday won't get you into heaven. I really am sorry. He is the only way. And he is how you become born again. And there's a lot of people that talk about, um, they'll, they'll try to make being born again some sort of sect of Christianity or some, or some subsidiary of Christianity, of Christianity. And it's not. You must be born like you must be born again is what the Bible says. It's like I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But such and such, he a born again Christian, meaning that he's that they live a holy life and that they do what they supposed to do. And this, that, and the third. Again, no one loves. No one seeks God. I'm not saying that you don't love God. No one seeks God. No one. No one chases after God. So what? What must you come to the conclusion of that if you're doing anything good? And if you're doing it from a pure heart, that it is the Holy Spirit that lives with inside of you that is doing it. Not you. He's living the life. He's living the life that you can't live by yourself through you. It is the Holy Spirit. Now, um, let's do some expository teaching. Let's do it. All right. Now. Now there was a man we're reading verse we're reading through it again. Um now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, check it out. Nicodemus he was the Jewish of Jews, right? He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. Remember I told y'all, the Pharisees they were like 
they were the religious police. The Pharisees, they they had, of course, they had the Torah, which was like the law of God and all of that type of stuff. And what they would do was they would put laws on top of the Torah so that people wouldn't break the laws of the Torah. So there was laws on top of laws. So much so that, and we'll read this later on in our series, but when they were, you know, you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like if you walk outside your house, you you might be working and you can't be working on the Sabbath. It was that serious. Like you couldn't you couldn't ride your mule. Like that's why you if if you from Jersey, like there's a town in in our part of Jersey. It's called Lakewood. You'll see a lot of um orth, orthodox Jews walking and they don't drive their cars or anything like that because it would be considered working for them. They would just literally consider anything working and you can't be doing it. So, again, laws. And that's just one. That's just one example. But they would put laws on top of laws so that you wouldn't sin against God. And God is like, fam, that's not what I intended at all. You trying to keep this law so bad you can't keep it. That's the point of it. <laughs> that's the point. The law is a mirror. The law was meant to serve as a mirror to say, look, we are not righteous. We are not righteous in and of ourselves. We are not holy in and of ourselves. We need a savior. Um, so Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, right? So Pharisee of Pharisees, Nicodemus was. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, back up. Some people will read this or, or some Bible or Bible historians or not. Well, Bible teachers will read this and say it will read allegory into this. Into this verse and say he came to him by night. So that must mean that Nicodemus is. Nicodemus came with ill intent this side and the third like it just means that he came at night probably because it's it's a few things that you can speculate and infer maybe maybe Nicodemus being the uh the ruler of the Jews came to see Jesus because he had something to ask him but he didn't want to be seen asking Jesus this question and that's what I'm rolling with because and you can see that here you can see that here as we read on I, I would tell you the other the other ones but I really don't have time for that we're going to roll with that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night um maybe because he was off work that's number one but also I want to ask him this without any interference I want to ask him this without anyone seeing me and I'm asking for I'm asking him of his teachings because of of course everybody knows Jesus was his quote-unquote great teacher although he was teaching about himself um I could teach you about me <laughs> I should but that's me He's imagine the God of the whole universe teaching you about him. Um, yeah, he's going to know about it. That's my point. Um, so, yes, this man came to Jesus by night. So Nicodemus came to him at night because 
I'm the teacher of teachers before Jesus comes, apparently. And here I am. I don't want to be seen asking him questions. I don't want to be seen asking his advice and asking him what he thinks about something because I'm being held in such high regard. People will look at me differently. That's how a lot of pastors feel and all that type of stuff. But we'll save that. Um, off. That's an offline type of conversation, I guess. Um, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a as a teacher. See, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus is trying to butter Jesus up. And Jesus, remember what we read last week. Where Jesus did not commit himself to people, to just anybody, because he knew their hearts. He knew what was in men. Again, total depravity. But he knew what was in men. Like, so if you weren't, he didn't commit himself to everybody. But, and that's not what we're talking about right here uh, so much. But Jesus just hops right into what was really, what he knew was really on Nicodemus's mind. So Jesus don't even answer. He, Jesus don't even acknowledge like, oh, you're trying to butter me up right now. I don't need all of that. I know what you really came for. So, so don't even be swayed by this. Like you'll see that often. Like Jesus don't answer people questions. He answered the question. He don't answer the question that they ask. He answers the question that's in their heart. Cause he knows their hearts. He was like, I know why you came, bro. So Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you are keeping all of these laws. You're making all the people keep all of these laws. But, you know, I get it because I haven't come yet. I get it. But you are upholding this law higher than you upholding me. I'm coming around here. I'm teaching these people and y'all keeping these laws um, as if they're going to save you. And um, I'm here to tell you, even though you trying to keep this up, even Nicodemus in his heart still was like, dang, how do I get into the kingdom of God? All these laws that we keep and we putting laws on top of laws. And I still want to know how to get into the kingdom of God. And Jesus says straight up, you got to be born again. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again and be born. Can he now? People, they like to read scripture as if nobody ever got smart, as if nobody was sarcastic, as if as if. You know, you, you just read the Bible dry. Stop reading the Bible dry. I'm going to tell you all that right now. Y'all going to miss a whole bunch of stuff. I won't allow it. Not on this podcast. <laughs> like, not on this podcast. I'm let's, let's read this a little bit differently. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when, when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again and be born. Can he? Like Nicodemus was, you can think you could, one might suggest Nicodemus was being a little sarcastic with Jesus, which is very common in scripture. Jesus was sarcastic as well. Um, so Jesus answers like so, but I think he was genuinely asking, but it's like at the same time, like, what do you mean be born again, fam? What do you mean? 
Like, so what do you mean? Because I can't go back. I can't go back into my mother's womb. So what do you mean? But he could have just said, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Not don't be don't be give throwing all that sauce on there, Nicodemus. Verse five, <laughs> Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water. Don't miss this. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, capital S, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of people will read this and think, oh, you got to get baptized and then be you got to be baptized by water and then be baptized in the spirit. That's not what it's saying. Ma'am, that's not what it's saying. Sir, that's not what it's saying. Pastor, that's not what it's saying. Deacon, deaconess, that's not what it's saying. Archbishop Deluxe Supreme, that's not what it's saying. This is what it's saying. Help me, Lord. Unless one is born of water, what is water? Water is the natural birth. Water is the birth that you were born with. Remember, do you know, like whenever... Someone is getting ready to be born. The woman's what breaks? Her water breaks. The amniotic fluid, I think, is what it is. That it breaks. I hope I said that right. I don't know what that is. I don't know where that came from. I hope that's what it is. <laughs> Somebody correct me if it's not. Um, but yes, if the, but thank you, Lord, if that's what it is. Um, one is born of water. That is so... You have to be born of a natural birth first to be born. And then you have to be born of the spirit, capital S, to be born again. So in order to be born again, you got to be born first. So water and then the spirit. What is the spirit? The Holy Spirit. You don't know. They don't know this yet. Jesus is speaking in advance and I told you that I told you that he does that, that sometimes they don't get it right then and there, but then they'll get it later. He does that quite often in um, in the Gospels. He does it quite often. He does. But but if you think about it, he's been doing it since the beginning of time. He was doing it with Moses. He was doing it with David. He was doing it with Esther. He was doing it with Ruth. Like all of them, all of these people are are little Christ's. Where they're telling different parts of the story of Jesus Christ. Well before his coming. Thousands of years before his coming, in fact. Don't miss this. Okay. So I said that to say this. Um, like, what do you mean being born of, of the spirit? We understand that once you are saved, the moment that you are saved, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have him. Now we get into baptism of the Holy Spirit at a, at a later time, but understand this for now. You got to be born first. So you got the first part down. If you hear, if you're living and you're breathing, if you're hearing this podcast, you are already, you got the first part down. That's the first part. You good on the first part. The second part is being born again, born by the spirit. But Jesus goes on. Uh, verse six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay. Understand this. Oh, this is so deep. Okay. Lord, help me. That which is born of the flesh, lowercase f, is flesh. Lowercase f. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So all things, if it's natural, then it's natural. That's what it's saying. All things that are born naturally, they natural. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the spirit, capital S, is spirit. So your flesh is a wrap. Thank you, Lord. Your flesh is over and done with. He, he can't do anything. He don't want nothing to do with it. It's sinful. It's what got you, got you in trouble to begin with. Your natural being. I, don't, I want nothing to do with it. I will give you a new body when I get ready. When it's time for me to come back, I will give you a new body. I don't want nothing to do with this fleshly body that you got or this. But flesh is a is a nature. It's not even talking about your physical um, flesh. It's talking about your nature. Your spirit is a whole different thing. And that is what God is dealing with. That is what God wants to work on. That is what he's working on. Your spirit is your mind, your heart, your emotions, all of those things, all of those things that make up who you are. That is what God is working with. He's renewing and changing those things. That which is born of the capital S spirit is spirit. So you you can have your spirit be born again. New birth. Verse seven. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Don't be amazed. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. All right, Lord, you had, you gave it to me before. I don't, uh, don't let me lose it. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. The wind, we won't read this slowly. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. You can't comprehend it. You can't comprehend the Holy Spirit. In essence. And I think this is something that we have to come back to um, most definitely. But in essence, you can't comprehend what the spirit has done and what the spirit is doing. But if, but if we're taking the analogy of the wind, the wind changes things. The Holy Spirit changes a person. The Spirit of God will change you from the inside out. And that's not to mean that, oh man, you was wearing these hoochie mama clothes and now you you wearing dollies on your head and you wearing um jean 
jean skirts all the way down to your ankles and young men you used to wear your pants all baggy now you're wearing suits and ties that's not what i'm saying you will see a people will see a difference in you your countenance will change your speech will be different because you speak of things you speak of things of god and not things of death you speak of life and not of death your your life changes and people see a difference that's what i mean from the inside out Because, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Bible talks about it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, but what comes out of a man that defiles a man. Because out of the depths of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, from the inside out, there will be a difference. There will be a change. There will be fruit. We ain't even got to the good part yet. Jesus, like, Nicodemus, like, drop the bomb, bro. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? That's what we're asking. Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? There, there Jesus go. They go on to, there Jesus go. Truly, truly, <clears throat> understand this about scripture. Whenever Jesus says, um, Truly, truly, or in a lot of um, um, Bibles, verily, verily, I say unto you, it's very important. It's like most assuredly, like you can you can take this to the bank. You can count on this. Like he'll sometimes there'll be a verily. He's like, I mean it. But uh, the double down on the verily, verily, he's serious, 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 serious. You know what I mean? Not that he wasn't serious about the other stuff, but, like, he's serious. Okay. I just want to make sure the recording didn't stop. Nope, we still going. All right. It's a few more minutes. We'll get up to 16. I promise. We'll stop there. Um, Where am I? T truly, truly. Verily, verily. Bro. A hundred percent word is bond. I mean it. You can count on it. Bet that we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. And you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven. But he who descended from heaven, the son of man. Understand this. Understand this. In every religion, religion is, every religion is man trying to ascend to God. Every religion, Buddhism, oh, you do this, you do that, you do that. One day you'll be lucky enough to be God and be a part of this God universe or whatever. Mormonism, same thing. You can progress to your godhood. Jewish, um, uh, not Jewish, um, Islam. Man, oh man, if you do this and if you do that, all the ver 77 versions or whatever it is, you have this, you have that, you do this, you do that. Every religion is trying to get to God. 
quote unquote God, small g. Whether they're trying to be God or whether they're trying to become so acceptable to God. This is the only faith. And this is what I mean. This is what I keep telling y'all. We don't have a religion. We might be. Here's, here's the religion part of it. There are certain things that we do religiously. Here's what we do. We do, we, you know what I mean? Like we do this because we love him, because we worship him. That's the religious part of it. Meaning, let me break that down a little bit. Like when people say, oh man, he watches, he watches that. He watches the giants religiously. He, um, they, um. They go to work faithfully. That's what it is. It's faithfully. Religion. Like we. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We don't have a religion. We don't have a religion. And that's that's the thing. Is like, yo, if you're going to be religious, you better be religious. The Bible talks about like, fam, you're going to be religious. Don't, don't, don't talk bad about it. Don't talk down on it. Be religious. But what we have is we have we have something greater than that is our faith and our stock. Our whole anchor is put on Jesus. Religion is trying to be acceptable to God. The gospel is we 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 aren't (laughs) we aren't. But through his son, Jesus, Jesus came. It's God coming to get us, to make us acceptable to like, like, look, you receive my son. I look because my son is acceptable. The perfect sacrifice. But look, if you receive my son, you could be a part of my family, not a part of my religion. You'll be a part of my family. Accept my son. I, I no longer see the stuff that is abhorrent to me. I no longer see the sin nature. I see what my son did. I see the sacrifice that my son made for you. What I'm saying is religion is religion. Religion is trying to do these works to be acceptable to God. Religion is, oh, well, I must do this. I must do that so that God is so that God is pleased with me. And and what what Christianity is saying, like there's nothing that you can do outside of accepting his son that will make you acceptable to God. There's no works that you can do that will make you acceptable to God. There's no there's no there's no way of there's nothing. I'm trying to think of something. There's nothing that you can do outside of accepting his son that that would make you acceptable to God. That's why not accepting his son is the only sin that God cannot forgive. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only thing that God cannot forgive. That's what we're talking about here. That's what it says. You must be born of the spirit. That's what it means when it was like, yo, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the one in the Bible. It says that that's the one thing It's not accepting his son It's not accepting him. Look, I've done all of these things. I said I, I came down, I wrapped myself in flesh. I, I died. I did all the things. I lived the life that you couldn't live. 
I lived a life that you couldn't live. See, we, we just put a lot of stock in Jesus's death and, and, and think that's that's it. No, no. It's all it's all wrapped up together. Jesus did it all. He did it all. He did it all. He he lived the life that you that you couldn't live. He lived a perfect life. That's the life that God sees once you've accepted him. He doesn't see you. He doesn't see the life that you lived. Like on judgment day, when we get there, when we see him face to face, he's not going to see you. He's going to see the life that he's going to see the life that his son lived. Lived a perfect life. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's like, I don't see you. I see the life that my son lived. He, so he lived the life that we couldn't live. He died the death that we should have died. He was a perfect sacrifice. And then he resurrected. That's why when that's why we rise with him. That's why we, on the last in the last days when he comes back, we'll rise with him. We'll rise too. Since he's risen, we will rise. It's so, it's, and there's so much to unpack, but sheesh, it's all good news. If you accept them, you don't have to worry about, but what if? You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about the other side. It's good to know, to warn other people about, but that's not your plight. That is not your destiny. That is not what, what is going to become of you. So where are we? Tangents are good. I ain't mad at it. Don't stop recording. Um. So again, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from hell. From excuse me, Lord Jesus. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. See, like, see again, religion is. We trying to get to God. This is God trying to get to us. In every religion, they was trying to either get to God or be God. But there was only one faith where where God came down and thought enough about us to be man. Who else you know? Verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever, 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 that's an important word. Whoever, whoever prostitute, if you believe in him, gangbanger, drunkard, drug addict, absentee father. Whoever, murderer, whoever, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Again, that thing changes you from the inside out. Verse 16, here you are. We love this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, again, there it is, 
believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, life forever. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. Not this time. Next time. Because he's coming. Uh, he's coming back. He's coming back. The next time he comes, he's coming to judge the world. But not this time. He hasn't come to judge. That's good news. He came to save it. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. You are judging yourself for not believing. Why are you judging yourself? Here's, I, you, I never used to understand this. Like, how am I judging myself for not believing in God, although I believe? But I'm like, why would a person be judging themselves for not believing? Because you're saying that you're good enough. You're saying that you can make it without him, which is idiotic, which is idiocy beyond any measure that I don't understand. This world, like you're not even playing like this isn't even your own game. This isn't even set up for you. And you think that you can win? This is my I'm this God is like I created this world. These it's my rules. Abandon ship. Now the world, what you need to understand about the world, we don't always mean the world as in like this planet. We mean the world as in a, a system, a way of doing things is what the world is. And so like when it's like, so when it's like, yo, yo, be separate from the world. Be apart, be be set apart. That's what it means from the system, from the way that the world does things. But that's not this is not the world that he's talking about here. He's talking about mankind. He's talking about the people that are within the world. The physical world. Verse 16. Uh, uh, or sorry, verse 18. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Look, I gave you a safety net. I'm trying to bring you in. Now nah, I'm good. I'm straight. Fam. I want something else. I'm good all by myself. No, you're not. You need him. There's no other way. See, verse 19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. Like doing evil, liked it, loved it. In fact, what do I want God for? I won't be able to do my evil deeds anymore. <laughs> for everyone who does evil hates the light. See, why would I come to why would I come to the light if I if I if I like my deeds? If I like what I'm doing, if I like the darkness, if I like what I'm doing in the dark, I'm not going to come to the light.
and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. And that's the thing. But that's the thing. You don't come to the light because you don't want your stuff to be exposed, man. But like, fam, that is the best thing. It's the best thing. If you want him, come on. Come up out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Oh, the, yeah, we're going to go back over this because there's so much to unpack here. So much to unpack. I, you know, I'm all over the place. There's so much to unpack here, man. Verse 21, and it will be done. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Like, yo, I'm, I'm doing this stuff. I'm doing this stuff so you can see that my deeds, the deeds that I did, even the good that I did, it comes from the Lord. Why? Because there's no good in and of myself. There's no good in Keith apart from God. There's no good in you apart from God. And if you don't have him, you need him. You can have him right now. You can have him today. You can have light. You can become a beacon of light in a moment. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you, Lord, for coming, coming here and in, 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 uh, wanting to save us and being that loophole for us. It's like, it's like this, it's like having, it's having, Lord, help me with this analogy that you've given me. It's having someone that you are deeply in love with. You are deeply in love with us. You are so deeply in love with us. It's like having someone that you are deeply in love with and having standards for yourself, what you will and won't accept. And God, that is you. You do have a standard for you are holy. You are holy and righteous. And you're saying, man, under man, if man, if, if they did this, would you would you accept them back? And it's like, yeah, this is this is the thing. I would take them back if they did this. It's like it's like being in a relationship. That's exactly what it is that we, we went astray from you. We were with you. We were having a great time in the garden. We we did something, and then you was like, "Man, I can't, I can't. You gotta bounce." But from that moment, you was like, "What? I know that they, I know that they bounced on me, but how am I gonna get them back? I know how I'm gonna get them back, and be with me again." Like this is a love story, Lord. It's a love story. The gospel is a love story of how you did all that you could and you thought about the, the thing to get us back in to keep us. Lord, I, I pray that anybody that doesn't know you as the pardon of their sins would hear this podcast that anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you and is just inquisitive and, and um, is inquiring about you and wondering what this podcast is about and wondering why, why is Keith so worked up would hear this and say, look, I yield, I yield. What must I, a sinner, do to be saved? And you just 
All you have to do is say, Lord, I receive you. I'm a sinner. I confess that I'm a sinner and there is no good in me and I need you. I need you in my life and I want you in my life. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Your word says, if you believe in your mouth, if you believe, excuse me, if you believe in your, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is the part, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Lord, we say thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you will continue to do. We love you. We glorify you. We thank you for saving our souls. Sing your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See y'all next week. I will be more prepared. Let's call this. Let's call this. No, we'll, we'll call it episode 14. But we are going to double back over this for sure. Again, fine tooth comb. Fastidious. Those Pharisees were fastidious in their research and in their in their teachings and in their law giving and all of that. We must be fastidious in our um, delving in our, our teaching and our learning of the Word of God. Peace. He needed to have a broad back so that there was a place for the whip. He needed to have feet so that there was a place for spikes. He needed to have a, a side so that there was a place for the sword to go in. He needed fleshy cheeks so that Judas would have a place to kiss and there would be a place for the spit to run down that the soldiers put on him. He needed a brain and a spinal column with no vinegar and no gall so that the exquisiteness of the pain could be fully felt. I just plead with you, when you're reading the Bible and you read water toy texts like he loved you and gave himself for you, you wouldn't go too fast over it. Linger, linger, linger and plead with him that your eyes would be open.